Hey, it's Kat MD, and I'm here with another episode of the Tribe Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. In this edition, we talk about esports. Is it really a sport? And then later, AK gives us a lesson on gambling, sports betting, something like that. I don't know. You'll enjoy it either way. If you haven't, go ahead and subscribe. We will be dropping fresh episodes for you. And as always, enjoy. I'm here with AK and Kapow. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. What's up? What's up? Today, we're going to get into uh, esports and gambling and online betting, how much money is in that stuff. So um, you guys are you guys know what I'm talking about with esports? Uh, I'm familiar, but you, you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Some of our, uh, our tribe may not know it inside and out. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with esports specifically. Okay, so as gaming has gotten really big and kind of targeted um, like an older market and then being able to play across different countries and all this, there has become like a big competition and playing each other in different games. And there's a lot of money in winning these games. But on top of that, there's a whole other subsidiary market around. um, There's a company that is called Rooster Teeth out of Austin. And they do a couple of things, but the first thing they started doing was machinima, which is just like they would use red versus blue characters in a game and then like make a funny short video about it, right? Um, And then they started having really good gamers play and then they had this show called Come Play With Me or Come, yeah, something like that, where a bunch of people just watch other people play games. And so those two combinations, it's like, okay, someone's going to pay to watch these people play. These guys are going to play and get really, really good and <laughs> win a lot of money in it too. So it's just, it's crazy. And ESPN, I think, is covering it now. Um, it's like a new age of an athlete in, in a sense. So, I mean, I didn't really play a lot of videos ga- growing up, but, um, you know, I did know a lot <laughs> about Rooster Teeth. I dated a guy there. Uh, side note, I have an IBD page for, you know, the time I put in with him. but. Um, I got to see some of this going off the ground. So esports is basically kind of like video gaming for money, correct? Uh, I would just think of it like NBA 2K, right? You just you have different teams, right? Each person's an actual player on the on, on the court, and then they got you know five v five, or it could be one v one, right? But they're not playing NBA 2K. No, they are. Oh, yeah. There's leagues around NBA 2K. There's FIFA leagues. There's MLB. I mean, literally every single sport game out there like there's a madden one i mean so there, there's that there's also you know companies out there like skills with a z at the end who's um basically taking s- more short snip games so remember like um bowling like there was a like on we sport on, on Wii where you can uh bowl against your friend you can do that on your phone but you can actually bet money onto it right so they're actually creating like a gaming gambling component onto just normal everyday game so if i want to play you against checkers and i want to say hey you know what i'm gonna put 20 bucks on it anyone can go onto that platform and say hey i you know am interested so i will you know take you up on that bet and i'll play you checkers right or whatever game it is or so i wonder how that which we're going to get into later some like betting and just betting on sports and betting on all this stuff um you know i wonder how that's going to play into being able to bet on on more stuff it's really interesting. I think I think a lot of what you guys are talking about is stuff that's kind of been like underground already, but now it's just kind of like taking a main a main page. You're right. 
but it's getting noticed because there's so much money in these payouts now. People are paying attention. Can, there's like um, parents that are hiring tutors to like help their kids play better at video games to be able to win this cash money. And why is there so much money in it now? Because because so, people want to watch. Yeah, but I think the money just comes because people want to people want to put money on it. It's kind of like HQ. Have you have you played HQ on your phone? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so HQ is a trivia game show that has a mon- uh, monetary prize at the end. Basically, they do 12 questions. This guy hosts it. It's live. You pull it up on your phone, and at the end, whoever answers all the 12 questions right gets a piece of, usually it's $2,500, but sometimes it's 10 k During the NBA Finals, it was 100 k each day. And then you put in a little, a little bit of, of it, like just like... You put in five, ten dollars. You put in a lot. No, no, no one puts in anything. That's the, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these people aren't putting up money to to bet. It's just people monetizing gaming now. So that is where the advertising money is going. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of the gamers aren't putting up money to play. What they're doing is they're just getting really good at it. Someone saying, "Hey, we'll sponsor you," and then someone saying, "Hey, we'll." put a game prize on it and either that money comes from the ads being sold or tickets being sold to people come you come see it or nine times out of ten it's just some conglomerate that says hey we're gonna do this for shock value and media status and then maybe someone will sponsor it and then that's how the money starts really rolling in honestly to this day i still don't know how hq makes money (laughs) it's probably this i mean well, it's just like whenever you pick up a free paper, but all the money is just going into these other games now because that's where the eyeballs are. And I guess to your point, if more and more people are playing these games, more and more eyeballs are on those ads. They're getting more money and then they can afford to put up the money for prizes to, you know, it's like a, like a cycle. Do yeah. you think, I mean, do you think it's an interesting thing? Would you guys watch an eSport on ESPN or something as a live gaming uh. event? I personally wouldn't, but that's just me. Oh, I definitely would. It's just like watching poker live. Like if you if you were to attend the World Series of Poker, I mean, for instance, like in Oakland, later on is the um, League of Legends like finals. Uh, I think it's like in a couple months, um, and I guarantee you, it's going to sell out Oracle Arena. Um, that's nuts. I feel like um, I wouldn't necessarily watch it. Like I wouldn't put it on. But I feel like people younger than me, like we're going to be older and our kids are going to watch it and it's going to be normalized. See, I, I think you both are coming from a, a, a very slanted viewpoint, right? Like, I think this is already very mainstream. I think of it as like, like poker. Yeah, but it's not as mainstream as like regular sports or even as poker is. I mean, it's main, it has a, a great like cult following that's huge. And it's becoming mainstream is what we're saying. We're going to say it's become become regularized, like watching an MLB game. Would you not – if anything got, is picked up on ESPN, would you not say that that's already mainstream? Think about scripts, the spelling bee, right? I agree, but it, it doesn't matter if it's on ESPN. I'm saying would you watch it? I feel like if I'm watching it and you're watching it and Alan's watching it, it's more mainstream. Well, that, that that's, very, that's a very slanted view, Kat. Think about it. You just named three people. I think when people think mainstream, they think that it's out for open consumption. And I'm not denying that. Like, like honestly, 
I still don't think that poker is mainstream. And I watch poker. I literally, when the World Series comes on, I'm watching all seven days, all 12 hours at a time. I'm not watching it. Exactly. And, and you're not you're not picking up the casual watcher to watch poker. You only really watch poker if you're into it. So you're only going to watch a video game competition that's on TV if you're into that. Hence why I said I personally wouldn't watch it because I'm not into it. Now, that's there's a caveat to that, because if you put up a Final Fantasy 11 competition, I probably would. Or if you put up some other game that I was really into as a kid, I possibly would watch it. Prime example, Top Golf. Top Golf has become mainstream now because the everyday person who is not a golf player would go to a Top Golf location. You get what I'm saying? Right. There's that, and then I'm not saying that it's popular, but I'm just saying that it's in the mainstream vein. That's the, the difference. And I think esports is going to be there. Meaning, whenever you get your highlights. Esports is going to be a part of it, but I think that might happen for our kids. I don't think that makes it mainstream, though. I think it's hard to pull a very specific, unique niche group of viewers or people into something and and it grow it into mainstream. And the only reason I say that is because there are tons of competitions out there that have been around for decades and that bring tons of following that still aren't mainstream. You have darts. Darts comes on you're missing my point. I'm not saying I'm saying that our kids or the kids now that are growing up with it, that's what they're deciding to watch and normalize. As they get older, they're going to keep watching it. It's going to keep getting eyeballs. It's going to keep growing and grow into I feel like my prediction is that for the kids now and probably our kids, that it'll become mainstream by then. Okay. The world of poker poker in the world of gambling, especially with laws passed that every state can make their own betting on sports rules. Does that play into any of the the poker and gambling stuff? Alan, I know you like to play poker. Yeah. So um, I don't really sports bet. Um, I have a lot of buddies who do. Um, I've been around a ton of sports betting um, even before a lot of the legislature has come out and even back before Black Friday when a lot a lot of people were on full tilt and on poker stars playing cards and you know all that type of online gambling so i have kept my ear to a lot of what's going on in that world um draft is probably one of the biggest draws as far as sports betting right now just because it kind of pulls in a lot of different avenues as opposed to just betting lines and parlays and all that jazz that go into kind of the traditional sense of, of betting. Um, so right now it's, it's really interesting. I, I know a couple of people who are trying to get some things in order so that when each state or states that they live in kind of come out with their own specific legislation that they can kind of capitalize on that. Cause there's a lot of money moving around in sports betting. How do you think that's going to affect the economy? Do you think it's going to be a good source of wealth or, you know, or it's just going to be its own side thing? This is kind of my take on it. Um, Anytime you have an avenue that people want so fervently that the government says, no, we're not, we're not going to allow this to happen. And then progression happens and we get into a line where it's like, okay, maybe there's some wiggle room, maybe there's some options, just like the marijuana debate. I think that 
it's a win-win for all parties. Um, and, and what I mean by that is the people who want to do it, sure, they're going to, it's going to be legal so that they can do it or, or whatever. But all the government has to do is just say, hey, look, we'll make it legal. We'll put a tax on it. And, and there's money in everybody's pockets. Um, just like with, with marijuana in Colorado and California is that they, they pushed it. They said we weren't going to do this. And then they saw that there was an avenue that they could go down. And now they're making profits from it. And, and I think everybody's winning. I haven't heard. Too, I mean, you, you will hear naysayers about Colorado and say, oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. But I think generally speaking, there have been not a whole lot of negatives coming from taxing certain things that people want and moving forward with it. Just kind of like like alcohol back in prohibition. You know, I, I think it's a good thing all around. So hopefully it'll 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 play itself out. Uh, I look at it more so from how does this impact the Native American uh, reservations. I know there's different taxing laws and different profit uh, kind of regulations. So, so yeah, there's there's the, the thought around how much money you can make as a U.S. citizen versus kind of what's been deemed for so far, right? Like especially around Texas, Oklahoma. There's a lot of the Indian reservations. I'm sure out here in California, especially down south, there's there's a bunch around San Diego as well. Um, and so that's actually stemmed a lot of kind of private. Uh, casinos or just if you will just gambling facilities right like uh, in the northeast where uh, Jersey is right Atlantic City but across the border around where Philadelphia is there's actually um, in, in Pennsylvania there's a lot of places that are actually trying to legislate for privately owned casinos as well right because they're starting to see that horse betting um, can be a, a great avenue for for taxes like you know like Alan was saying but what's really interesting is Nearby, just across in other states, for instance, there's other Native American reservations, and because they don't have to pay taxes on it, it's a very challenging business environment, right? And also to Alan's point earlier, is because it's kind of viewed as a vice, and you know the government can tax vices, and it's kind of quote unquote deemed better now in society's view, um, because of the fact that there's these different business dynamics between privately owned versus Native American lands. It's kind of interesting uh, from that perspective. Um, I think gambling is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, people like it. They're always going to do it to Alan's point. It's not going to change anything. So if the government wants to make money from it and regulate it, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but I, under, I can understand why. So I, I look at it from that perspective because um, I don't really gamble too much myself. Yeah. And I think, I think with sports betting, it's a, it's a very contained piece. Like when you were taught, when you were speaking to, um, you know, the Indian reservations and and all some private casinos and all that type of stuff, I feel like the opening up of sports betting would would bring tons of cash flow into a lot of different areas, because right now, if I wanted to place a bet living here in North Carolina, I got two options. I can place a bet illegally with probably 15 bookies that I know, or I could call someone in Vegas, say, Hey, I want you to pay some, go down to one of the casinos, pay, place a bet for me and do it that way. And with, you know, opening up this Avenue to say, Hey, each state can kind of make their own legislation or ordinances on sports betting. 
I feel like it just kind of, you know, it kind of brings some money into those communities. Whereas now it's, it's either underground or it's all Las Vegas, you know? So, so help me understand this out. You're saying for any sports, but so you mean any like professional team or is this including horse racing, dog racing? Cause I was on his, under the impression like Churchill Downs takes their own bets, right? Like any of the Kentucky Derby stuff. So like horse racing is not necessarily coupled into sports betting as a whole. Huh. So like you can bet on horses at a at a horse race. Like I could go to San Diego, I could Delmar. go to Delmar, yep. I could bet on the horses. I've done that before and that's a completely legal situation. But those are kind of self-contained instances. Whereas like I could not be in Texas or in North Carolina or even in California for that matter and place a bet legally on a baseball team or on a uh, football team or any any of that sort of thing right there because that is self-contained only to Las Vegas at the time. Um, and I'm almost 100% on that. Don't uh, There may be some caveat somewhere here and there, but pretty much across the board betting any sports betting anywhere else is illegal. Interesting. And what are the, what are the economics there? Do you pay a booking fee or do they tax it? Yeah. So let's just say the Spurs are going to play the Clippers. All right, cool. The Spurs are favorite to win the next game. So they would be like, let's just say minus 100, meaning you would have to put $100 on the winning team to win basically another hundred dollars or so it's um it's a very it's a very interesting way that they do the lines but when you place that bet you would pay like a hundred and ten dollars for that bet because you have to pay what is called juice or a fee to make that bet essentially the bookie is kind of paying out only the money that's being bet, but then he makes money off of quote unquote juice or a booking fee that he makes. Now, what happens is say for instance, if everybody bets on one side and that's the side that wins, he has to pay that out and he has to cover all those losses. So that's why most bookies, when they bet, they want to have almost an even amount on both sides. Prime example, Mayweather fights. Everybody wants people to bet on the, the, the underdog because every bookie does because the underdog is most likely going to lose. People are going to lose their money and that's money made for the bookie. It helps offset those people who bet on Floyd Mayweather. The interesting thing about certain types of bets like that, like Floyd Mayweather was plus 4,100 or something like that when he was getting ready to fight in his last fight, was it Pacquiao? I think who did he fight last? Was it Pacquiao? Yeah, I, think so. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, so he was like it was like plus forty one, maybe plus a thousand, plus something like that, forty one hundred. Which means that to win one hundred dollars, you had to put forty one hundred dollars into bet, making it an unadvantageous bet for you because in a fluke chance that Mayweather lost that fight you would be out $4,100. If you win, you're only making $100 on that $4,100.
I honestly think it's fascinating because to that point, I feel like a lot of people understand that there is a line, right? They may not know the, the mm-hmm. what it means. So that was interesting. I, I never knew the actual like magnitude of the numbers, right? When it was under a hundred or above a hundred or whatever the number was. So that's interesting. Yeah. And then to your point, there's all those other kind of caveats on how there's new types of betting. So for instance, on the Super Bowl, I heard and I don't know if this was just specific places where if this was like, you know, in the Westgate out at Las Vegas, but they're saying they were even betting on what color tie, for instance, someone like a sportscaster would be wearing, right? Like stuff like that. Yeah. What those type of bits are called, they're called prop bits. So basically they're outside of the main list of bets um, you have, there are like side bets. So fun, fun fact. When the Broncos played the Seattle Seahawks a couple of years ago and they won, that first play or first couple of plays when they had that touchback, that is actually a prop bet that you can bet on. You can say that the first score in a, in a, in a Super Bowl is going to be a touchback, and it rarely ever hits. But the cool thing about it is that you, you can place $100 on that bet, and it would win you like 10000 because the odds of it happening are so low. So that year, anybody who placed a bet on that won an astronomical amount because it's very far-fetched that it's going to happen. I think they paid out like $62,000 in total for just that one bet because not too many people had done it. They probably put like a $10, $20 bet in, but it probably a thousand times their money on it, you know? Well, that was all interesting. Yeah, I'd love to learn more. That's going to do it for us, Treb. We'll have more interesting and thought-provoking topics for you next time. Don't forget, connect with us on all of our social media. We want to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Just search Tribe Culture, Culture with a K. And you can hit us up on our website, forthetribe.com, or email voice at forthetribe.com. Until next time, Tribe, remember, debate your equals and teach the rest.